0: Good morning and welcome to episode 35 of A Better Father. It is Tuesday, February 12th, and today I've uh, been doing, well not today, today's uh, podcast will be about some of the reading and some of the thoughts in my head around the reading that I've been doing, and how they influence me being a father and just a person in general. Um, so... I also still have my cough, so I apologize. So there might be some, like, stops or breaks in here as I get out of cough. It just doesn't seem to want to go away. I guess one of the benefits of having a child in school. So I may have talked before about the home being a safe place for your child. And when I read that a while ago, and I unfortunately don't remember exactly where or when it popped up, although it's probably been more than one place, it was in the world that our kids live in and following rules at school and all the things they have to do that the home should be the safe place for them. This should be the place where they get to get out of control or lose it a little bit or not listen as well. And I think about all the things that my daughter talks to me about and how she's not really liking school and how it's not as much fun and how she wishes she could go back to preschool and, and how it's not... I mean, honestly, I don't think it's meeting her needs. If anything, it's making some things worse by the snacks they serve and how literally I'm floored by how many times the teacher just turns on a YouTube video. I'm like, teach. Oh, you worked hard for 10 minutes. Here's a 20-minute video. Ah, That's a whole whole other thing. But outside of all of that, the home is the safe place. The home is the place the kid can go to be themselves. They can just... Be crazy or not have to just be dictated to all the time, which is an exact contrast to how her mother and I think and view. Even though I've never been able to talk to her, share this thought with her. Uh, so um, I read a lot of biographies. I take in a lot of other people's past histories, thoughts, views, quotes. Um, on a side note, real quick, Rich Roll, who is somebody who inspired me to help inspire me to run an ultra, and um, go vegan um, made a comment once on his podcast, <laughs> which I have trouble with. But if you want to give it a try, Rich Roll Podcast, it's worth giving a try. But he made a comment once about stop stop quoting other people, stop listing other people's quotes, and go out and make your own. And ever since then, whenever I read quote, I think about like Maya Angelou is somebody who I see quoted a lot and has a lot of really good sayings, but just how many pieces of writing did she do to get to this like one really great two-sentence quote or how many times was that quote refined down um i remember hearing i think it was from steve jobs his biography actually where he was talking about listening to uh the paul mccartney and john whose name is me elton john no elton john wow anyway that's embarrassing i should delete that um But Paul and John uh, were writing Strawberry Fields and how it was just this... I can't remember if it was days-longs, hours-longs, a little bit of both. Uh, Of just fine-tuning it and getting the right note and sparsing it in and just all the things they did to create this really great song. And it wasn't just like a couple of guys got together, riffed a little bit, wrote down some words, and they had it. Like They spent days, I believe, if not days, many, many hours just fine-tuning it down and then I was recently listening to another podcast where they were talking about how out of all the great Beatles songs that are out there, there's a bunch of really bad Beatles songs. Like, those aren't the ones they talk about. Those aren't the ones that you hear. That there's albums that have great songs on them and have not-so-great songs on them, but you don't talk about the not-great songs or you don't focus on those because we only look... Well, we have a tendency of looking at the successes. So I just... I find all of this important to me as I continue on this path of being a human being and trying to find my place in the world and try to figure out what makes sense for me, all while trying to be a good father. And so with the the biographies like of Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak, which I've read them both, they, and if you don't know those, you know. Apple computer is Steve Wozniak's designs and Steve Jobs's marketing and ingenuity and focus and determination and Steve Wozniak's focus and determination in drawing out computers. But um, so part of the the lore or the piece of their biography was their ability to tinker, their ability Steve Jobs broke things and then was able to fix them. I rem- and that relates to me because I remember as a kid taking apart my Transformers and my Star Wars action figures and stuff, which are now with, you know, like a couple thousand dollars each, but at the time it was just toys. And instead of a parent sitting down or an adult or somebody sitting down with me and being like, cool, you took it apart. Now let's see if we can get it back together. Let's see if we can figure this out or let's see what we can do with these pieces or parts. It was just getting yelled at for breaking a thing. And I feel like that's had a lot of lasting effects, which influenced my parenting today of watching my daughter break things or color on something she shouldn't or get a little destructive and not yelling at her for it but just letting her be and letting her express herself and letting her figure stuff out and that comes from reading these biographies of these people and my childhood or actually trying to make sense of my childhood of of instead of yelling at her instead of stifling her instead of pushing her down saying, okay, now what can you do with that thing you broke? Now, or letting her know that if she messes something up or writes on something or whatever, that we can fix that. We can clean that up. What you did, you shouldn't have done maybe or whatever. But yelling at her doesn't help. Yelling at her just makes her sad, just makes her scared. One thing that, um, again, I shouldn't label all the conflicts with her mother and I because that's literally everything. But there are just poignant things that I find... That I wish I could have talked to her about or expressed to her so at least there was a basis in her mind as to why I was doing this thing that she thought was stupid. But with my daughter in books, I let her do whatever she wanted with books. Like reading them, coloring them, drawing them, rip the pages, do whatever when she was a baby. And as she grew because I never wanted to put a negative connotation on a book. I never wanted her to be doing something that she probably had no control over to start with, which doesn't make sense to yell at a kid for ripping a book when they don't get it. You could go talk to them or whatever but to punish them or somehow threaten them or whatever because they did this thing. But it was just like, be as comfortable around books. Make as many good associations, many as many good feelings, as many as many things that are positive around a book for you that bring you joy because I wanted that to carry over I never wanted her to look at a book and be like I got yelled at for touching that or I got yelled at for writing in that book or I got yelled at because I saw paper and I had crayon and what I learned to do with paper and a crayon is draw on it and so I let those things go much to the dismay of her mother because it was always just like what you're doing is okay you're doing it with a book so do it and if she ever, like I remember a friend of mine got me this cool Flash figure that was just like a little statue figure, and she broke off one of the ears of the Flash figure playing with it. And when my buddy saw it, he was like, your figure is broke? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, well, I guess all good for the kid or, you know, whatever saying he was. But it wasn't negative. I think he was a little disappointed it got broke, but it wasn't it wasn't anger, it wasn't frustration, it was just kind of like uh, I guess, you know, you got to do what you got to do for the kid, but it was like I don't want to s- put a negative association on him with on her with that and I didn't want her to think that that flash figure, while probably a little expensive and very cool, was more important than her ever. And I've seen parents get upset at their kids for throwing their iPhones down or whatever. I'm like, one, don't give your phone to a kid and two, if you give something to a kid, You can't yell at them for throwing it and so if your phone is broke look at yourself for giving a child something they probably shouldn't have anyway but definitely don't yell at them because now that thousand dollar phone means more to you than your child does and if that's not a true statement i assume it can only be that true to a kid because i threw this phone i'm a kid i threw a phone and now i'm getting yelled at and scolded scolded for doing what i do as a kid and that phone now seems more important than i am And I just never wanted to put that association on her of these objects being more important than her. But the original point of that is letting her figure things out, letting her play, letting her express herself. And and she's wrecked a couple of my comic books. But again, maybe they were worth a little bit of money. Maybe they weren't. Maybe it's just paper and it's never going to... That comic book, while maybe a little sad it's ripped, is never going to be more important than you. And I'm never going to make you think it's more important than you. And I get teaching her respect and teaching her that, you know, you got to be careful and gentle with other people's things and stuff. That seems like a lesson you kind of grow into. Or you sit down and talk to them about being careful with things and not just yelling at them or getting upset at them for something that they're going to do as a child. That's been a long-standing thing with me is just people getting mad at kids for being kids and the kids just looking at you like, I like this is what I do. <laughs> I'm too. I throw things, that's how I figure out the world. And if you're going to stifle that, then I'm not going to figure out the world. And if they trust you, if they're not scared of you, if the things you say to them have resonance because they trust you, then you will get a lot farther with them. So, uh, that's kind of where this whole headspace is at right now. And I, again, I may have touched on this a little bit, but. One of the things I really recommend, which is kind of funny, but I read it probably 15 years ago or so now, but Jamie Kennedy, he's an actor. He's had X or whatever, Factor X Factor, Factor X or something on WB or whatever. Kind of like a side actor. I have no idea what he's been up to or doing these days. But he made himself a nice little career. And his autobiography might seem like kind of a weird read, but it's a great read. It's a good read, and it's to see somebody who had a dream, who had a purpose moving them forward, that they were willing to do anything to achieve, anything to get. And he talks about living in his car. He talks about finding places to squat, like doing commercials and, and not having a home and just how to get samples to eat at the mall so you have food in your belly because he couldn't afford food. And for 10 years he did that. Like 10 years of his life was spent guttering it out And he talked about a couple times his parents helped him out or paid for, like, a class or a trip thing to, like, become a better actor, get an experience. So he had him there, but he wasn't using them day to day. He wasn't using them month to month. They weren't paying his rent, obviously. And it's a really good story, and it's a really motivational story of somebody who's, you know, didn't take over the world or whatever, but made a nice living for himself, last time I checked. Um, doing what it was he wanted to do and focusing on what he wanted to focus on and having that drive and that purpose and having the support of his parents in whatever way, which it's, I think them letting him do those things, push him. Because if they just kept sending him money and giving him a place to live, he wouldn't have had that drive or that purpose or that pull to get out of the situation he was in. And he was willing to do whatever it took to get there. To me, that seems like a really hard thing as a parent to do and his parents may have been different. I don't know all the backstory, but I would have trouble letting go in that way. I was in a position where my parents definitely let go in that way and and I didn't do what I could have done with it or I didn't have the drive or the purpose or whatever that resided in me on some level and I was just too scared of it and I didn't have that person in my corner saying, go for it, do it. It's worth it. Like, no matter what happens, come back in 10 years and, you know, we'll figure it out. But for the next 10 years, you're on your own to figure it out, whatever it is. Like, don't end up, you know, on a street corner or anything, but do what you got to do. And when I look at comic book artists and stuff and I listen to these podcasts and hear their stories, it just makes me want to help find that thing in my daughter that pushes her or directs her or catches her interest and and helps her helps her just move to what she wants to move to or have that that calling inside of her that I don't care nothing's going to get in the way of this and I will live in wherever I have to live on pennies if I have to to make it work and let her know that's okay tell her you got a dream you got a purpose you got a vision go for it like it's so sad to me to like have to say or put a tagline under my breath on that of like don't end up the way I did. At least at this point of where I've ended up because I ended up exactly where I tried to not end up my entire life, which was in a bad marriage with a kid, getting a divorce, like all the things I saw in my parents that I worked really hard to avoid for 38 years and I did great for 38 years. I don't want that for my daughter and I no matter what, maybe that was just my life was gonna be that and maybe there is fate or whatever where I just no matter how hard I tried to steer, I just kept steering into it and just kept kinda of, oh. and no matter what happened I was just gonna end up here. But I also didn't take the steps and didn't have that I don't care what anybody thinks of me attitude, I'm gonna move to LA and I'm gonna live on streets to do comedy or make things work. And I remember when I worked at a retail clothing store, Pac Sun, and this dad with his two kids would come in all the time, and it was these two little boys, and they just thought the world of me and just thought I was funny and like had me pick out their clothes and stuff, and the dad just thought it was great that his kids loved to come here and whatever. And I just remember one time the boys were just like laughing and I was just, you know, soaking it all in, because whatever. And they were just like, why aren't you on Saturday Night Live? You're so funny. And and the dad's like, no, seriously, they talk about you all the time and they think you're hilarious. Like, we have to come here because they miss you. And I'm just like, oh, that's weird. And he's like, they think you should be on Saturday Night Live. That's They're not just saying that. And it was just like, yeah, why am I not on Saturday Night Live? Like, just that drive or that push or that pull. I'm working in a retail clothing store having these pieces that were just almost there or just wanted to be there or trying to find that outlet and it was almost like signs pointing down saying fuck it just go and and I didn't listen to them or I didn't have the drive or the purpose so I take these things that I've read I take these things that people say I list I read these quotes and I've been trying to work on making up my own quotes while being inspired by other people's quotes I don't think you have to give up one to get another and and seeing how I can apply that to my daughter, seeing how I can be a better father because it's not yelling at her. It's not scolding her. I don't like timeouts. I've never done it. I've done countdowns and stuff with her, things like that. But it's just how how do we take what happened and make it into something we can learn from or take it, make it into something that makes sense or not punishing you for being jacked up on sugar, not punishing you for being tired. But how can we take... What's happening and just figure it out because I don't know. I mean, honestly, maybe timeouts are the best. I don't know. It feels horrible to me and I hate them and I think it's bad every time it happens, but I don't know that that's right. It just feels really wrong and horrible to take a kid who's just tired as an example and then punishing them for being tired. Like, I can't control that I'm tired. If anything, it's more on the parent to recognize the kid's tired and take care of it than be like, oh, you're tired, you're acting up, so I'm going to punish you. Like, ugh. Let me just say this. Being a parent is hard. I think on every and any level it's hard. I think what's about ready to happen with my life and getting the divorce, it's going to make everything harder because then you have to go from one thing to another and you don't get that break. Like right now... I keep wondering what my life will look like once I don't have the stress and pressure of dealing with her mother all the time, like directly, I mean, I'll always have to deal with her, but just that direct connection of you're in the house and I just have to hear you and deal with you and put up with you and just like when it's gone and you have our daughter, then that just is what it is. And that's the situation we're in. But when I'm here and watching things I don't agree with or we're not talking about, I get frustrated by that and and it's like all of this mental space gets taken up without I mean like I would break I'm just looking at a glass Christmas tree that I'm using as a distraction or whatever but I would break that Christmas tree to get a hug right now like just to have somebody around just to have somebody to talk to somebody at the end of the day that says hey hi (laughs) like how are you and have it not feel crappy not that I even get that to have that feel crappy, but the couple times it does, just like, get away from me. So, did I go off the rails there? Did I get a little weird? Anyway, so another book I have been reading, it's called Tell Me Something. It's documentary filmmakers just giving pieces of advice. And I'm enjoying it. It's not a long book. Um, each person gives at least a page of advice, but some are just like a sentence. Some are a paragraph. So it's not a hard read. It's going pretty quickly. Another page is just a picture of them. And, it's funny because one person's like, here's advice, don't listen to advice, whatever advice you get is probably the wrong advice, follow your heart. And then somebody else is like, here's a page of advice, like, these are all the things I've learned. And I, it's funny because as I'm reading, I'm like, yeah, you're going to do what you're going to do, you're going to make this up the way you're going to make this up, like, everybody's done it, like, one of the big things in comic books is whoever got in the way they got into comics, that door kind of closes, and then... It's like, how, how did the next person get in? And then it's fun to hear that story because kind of everybody's different on every level. And once that one person used that tactic, it's like, well, sorry, this is how I got in, but you can't email Jim Lee, a comic book artist, and much more now. But you just can't email Jim Lee out of the blue in the 90s anymore and have him respond and be like, sure, I'll give you a shot. And that door closed at that moment. So as I'm reading these, it's, it's resonating with me as a parent and as a person because i'll read one person's advice and they're like hey make sure you have snacks for the crew make sure you use this type or make sure you have these batteries on you when you travel abroad keep three passports on you at all time and hide one somewhere so you don't get trapped somewhere like like oh that's really good practical advice stuff i wouldn't have thought of and then the next person is like there's no advice you got to do what your gut says go do that and i'm like I get both pieces. Like It's nice to think, like, yeah, if I was going to make a documentary film overseas, hide a couple of passports. Kudos. And then the other one is like, oh, yeah, that's good. Bring snacks for the crew. That makes sense. And the other one is everybody found their own way in. They did it. They followed their passion, and they did it their way, and they made a bunch of mistakes, which was another thing that I was reading out of this book, and I don't remember who it was by because it's a really nice book, so I haven't been marking it up like I sometimes do. But they're saying they did their first documentary film, it became a huge hit, and then they got that sophomore like, crap, what am I gonna do? This isn't gonna be as good, people are gonna judge me. And so he took a while to go back through and watch all the movies of like people he admired. And let's say some director made 30 movies, he's like, five of them are good. Like, out of 30 movies, this world renowned director made movies that will resonate throughout. Time until we no longer reference movies, and twenty five of them are not good or worse or just okay or whatever. And he's like, "So I'm gonna make bad movies. I got to get over whatever my sophomore movie is, good, bad, whatever. I'm gonna make it, and then I'm gonna make my third one regardless of what the second one is, and I'm gonna make the fourth one regardless of the third one." And it was just this like process of realizing like it's not all gonna be good, and it's some of it's gonna maybe even really really suck, but. You're not making it to have a home run every time. You're making it because that's what you want to do. And you're going to try your best. You're going to do your best. You're going to hope it's good. You're going to hope it resonates. And if it doesn't, okay, that one was a missed because some of the most famous people in the world, like the Beatles, nobody's talking about their bad songs. They're not playing them either, but they're not talking about them either. So they're only talking about the good ones. And if you look at a playlist on Amazon for like top Beatles songs... It's all the hits. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, The Tell Me Something book, I will look and see if it's on Amazon and link to it in case you're curious to check it out or read it. It was a Kickstarter book, so I don't know if it's available. I think it might have just been printed uh, based off whoever backed the Kickstarter. But um, I'm sure you could find your version of somebody talking to somebody, giving quotes. I will see if that Jamie Kennedy book is still available and link to that too, because that is also... It's a good, fun read, and again, it's nice to read somebody who who worked their butt off, didn't become world famous or anything, but made a nice cutout of what it was he wanted to do, the way he figured out how to do it, and so it's a really good read, and it's inspiring, and I've actually gifted it to people before with an odd look when I do it, but I'm like, trust me, read it. It's a good read, and it's inspiring, and it's fun, so... All right, thank you very much for listening to episode 35 of A Better Father. And I will, uh, well, I always try to end with something about uh, how this pertains to you, but I would just put it out there to look at how, how your kid's acting and what's the motivation behind their action. Are they just being a kid? Is it something you really need to redirect? Is it something that I hate it? I guess it needs to happen sometimes, but is it something you need to punish or is it something you need to be empathetic about? Is it a teaching moment? Are they going to learn if you yell at them? And just see what you can do to create an atmosphere of respect and understanding based on their viewpoint and how it is they're approaching or seeing something. And it's sometimes hard and frustrating because you're like, just do what I say. Just do what I say. And sometimes you have to say that, but... There will also be those moments where you can bend. One thing that I keep saying, that I've said to myself from the beginning, and it's kind of my mantra, for lack of a better conclusion to that statement, but it's always, it's been for a while now, and I don't remember when or how I came up with it, but my ego is not tied to a two-year-old doing what I say. And I've changed that because it used to be, my ego is not tied to a baby doing what I say. My ego is not tied to a five-year-old doing what I say. She doesn't need to do it because I say it. I want her to do it because she's learned it's the right thing to do. And I don't think the right way to teach that is by yelling and punishing. So that's what I'll say on that one. But anyway, thank you very much for listening. Goodbye.